May the words of my mouth and all the meditations upon our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all those who have mothered others in one way or another in your life. You are, each and every one of you, an extraordinary blessing. So thank you for being here in the sanctuary and those who are at home or watching through Zoom, um, you join us in this sacred circle. Well, I've been immersed in these readings all week long. And the truth of the matter is that I find them extraordinarily beautiful, extraordinarily befuddling, and extraordinarily blessed, and all at the same time. Also, I'm aware that my unconscious sometimes wrestles with me in a very surprising way. It sneaks a song into my consciousness that I just can't escape. Well, that happened to me this week. And the song that I've been wrestling with may surprise you. It's, I never promised you a rose garden. Well, you know the one. It was first recorded in 1970, when a lot of you were not even yet on the planet. By, and it was recorded then by Lynn Anderson, and then later by Martina McBride. But the refrain is this. I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. Along with the sunshine, there's got to be a little rain sometime. When you take, you got to give. So live and let live. Or let it go. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. You know, when you come to think of it, as I did this week, playing in a loop in my head over and over again, I thought, there's some real theology in this song. Our Christian faith is not one that promises believers a life without pain or suffering. Little deaths and big ones, doubts and disbelief, come into our lives so often unexpectedly. And I'm certain that every one of you in this sanctuary and those of you participating online have experienced suffering, loss, death, big and small, disorientation of one sort or another in your life's journey. And yet, and yet, here we are. Here we are gathered around this Eucharistic table this table of feasting and freedom, this table of healing and health, of wholeness and holiness, this table of renewal and resurrection. Might it be that even though we know deep down inside us that we were never promised a rose garden kind of life by the one who created us and unconditionally loves us, nevertheless, we believe that death will never have the final word. Death, all death, all kinds of death, are overcome already by the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Today, commonly referred to as Good Shepherd Sunday, stands in the midst of Eastertide as a powerful reminder of our redemption that is promised in our baptism in the name of Christ Jesus. At the conclusion of the prayers for the candidates for holy baptism, the celebrant prays these words. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in his glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Taken in the context of holy baptism, we hear the words of scripture appointed for today with particular clarity and profound hope. The 23rd Psalm is a pure gift. The Psalm of Deliverance, when recited with the New Revised Standard Version translation, puts almost everything in the present tense. The Lord is my shepherd, who leads and restores. I fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare and anoint. My cup overflows. It's only when we get to verse 6, translated in the future tense. Goodness and mercy shall follow me, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a psalm too often, I think, that is identified with death. And today, on Good Shepherd Sunday, it is a psalm I invite you to identify with life. Life here and now, in this very moment. Life not only lived in a rose garden, but life as we truly live it. In times of temptation and test, in times of doubt and disorientation, in times of discernment and devotion, in times of joy and gratitude, as in cups overflowing with love and peace. For me, and I think for each of us and every one of us, this psalm is meant to be personal and universal. Personal, as in point of fact that this is the only psalm of all 150 psalms that speaks of the shepherd as my shepherd, your shepherd, your personal shepherd. Universal. Universal in the fact that no one is ever excluded from the reach of love and guidance, the protection and nurture of this all-inclusive inclusive loving shepherd. This is the shepherd who continues to walk, to guide, to provide, to lead each and all of us in the present circumstances in which we find ourselves, no matter what they are. It is not a futuristic vision we are given in the prom, in the pow. This is now for us. The shepherd is alongside us, beyond us, in front of us, and behind. We so desperately need the shepherd's guidance, even as we walk these moments and these days.
And the reading from Revelation is also one of particular power and glory, of vision and deliverance, of promise and healing, and of resurrection fulfilled. In this text, in that Revelation text, we see if we dare a multitude of those who stand before the throne of the holy. The whole creation is represented in this reading. Every member is there from all nations, tribes, languages, races, and peoples. And one commentator wrote, John summons us to look beyond our own fearful conditions and circumstances to behold the glorious completion of God's saving promises. That's the vision Revelation has to offer each and every one of us today. But what I believe in my heart is also this. This vision is not some far distant possibility. This vision given to us by the divine is a vision to be lived in the very present moment, in the here and now, on earth as in heaven. This vision is one in which you and I are called to claim in the very moment in which we find ourselves right here in this sacred circle of love. We are reminded in this powerful text that those who stand around the throne of the all-inclusive and unconditional love of God are those just like us, who are identified as they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb who loves us, the shepherd who loves us. Like you and me, we bear wounds and scars of our own, of pain or betrayal, of disease, of doubt, and yet we are called to the same worship and praise of this all-loving God. We are called to sing the praises like those around that throne every moment of every day because we are made in the image and likeness of that love. And we too are promised that this shepherd will still guide us to the springs of living waters of life, wiping away the tear from our eyes too. Beloveds of God, these promises are your promises. These promises are our promises. And the 50 days of Easter exist so that we might move ever more deeply into the joys of our faith, ever more deeply into the trust of the Good Shepherd, right here, right now, ever more truly into the vision that is ours today and every day on this side of the heavenly threshold. And finally, it also seems right that on this Good Shepherd Sunday, also Mother's Day, we hear the story of Tabitha, also known as Dorcas in Greek, a woman of true virtue and service who seemingly is raised from the dead by Peter. I think of the words of, that Jesus says to his apostles, his disciples, you will do even greater things than these. And here possibly is one of those things. How wonderful we know her name. How precious few women in scripture are known by their names, let alone by the deeds that they have done. 
like Tabitha. Tabitha is remembered for her ministry among widows of her day, clothing them and keeping them safe. How timely it is for us to listen, really listen to the living word of God, to the shepherd calling our names as we are offered promises of guidance, of nurture, of deliverance, of healing, of protection and resurrection life. What is it that you need? How is it that the shepherd is calling your name? How timely it is as freedom is threatened in various ways all around this world and in our own cities and towns and states and, yes, nation, that we stand firm in the promises of Jesus Christ, that I have come so that all may have life and have it abundantly. The threats to freedom include inequity in pay between men and women, rising numbers of people drowning in poverty, debt, homelessness, and poor educational opportunities. This country's infant mortality rate is unfathomable, as is the unavailability of paid family leave, quality daycare, a predictable work schedule, and wages making survival more than a daily struggle to make ends meet, let alone put roof over heads and food on the table. In 1976, the Episcopal Church's governing body passed a resolution at General Convention that expressed the unequivocal opposition to any legislation on the part of the national or state governments which would abridge or deny the rights of individuals to reach informed decisions and to act upon them. This is the legislation of our church. The church's stance is this, all human life is sacred. It is sacred from its inception and death, until death. But that being said, the reality is that terminations will never be entirely eliminated. They won't be. The most vulnerable remain the most vulnerable among us. And as such, the church, the Episcopal Church, in those documents also says that as the body of Christ, we are commanded to act with compassion and concern for all. Therefore, on this Good Shepherd Sunday, that is also Mother's Day, may we each and every one of us seek to become more like the one we receive, Jesus the Christ, the resurrected one who sought out those on the margins of his own time, the women, the children, the poor. Sounds familiar still, doesn't it? Those on the margins who remain on the margins. And may we, like the Good Shepherd, seek to act in bold and courageous ways to transform all unjust systems that seek to limit the lives of those most vulnerable and which continue to hold so many hostage to power brokers and systems that oppress and destroy lives. The power of the Good Shepherd is the promise that you and I are given a vocation of love and service to all God's people. Our witness matters. Our voices matter. Our votes matter. 
May our faith in Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, lead the way, and always and only on the way of love. Amen.